Hey, Coder Girls and Allies, welcome to another episode of Girls Who Code, the podcast. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Lily, and we're your hosts. Alexis is joining us again, too. Hey, guys. And we also have Mara and Danielle with us today, the founders of Girls Who Code at UVA. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Let's start off with some introductions. Hi, my name is Mara Hart. I'm a CS major in the School of Engineering at the University of Virginia, and I'll actually be graduating December 2021, so pretty soon. I've put on a lot of hats in the past, especially like in regards to CS education, but currently I'm a hackathon coach at Major League Hacking, a Twitch streamer who specializes in coding content. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Milk. And in the summer, I'll be returning sweet intern at Microsoft in the fall, a design automation intern for Intel. But um, despite all these hats, I think my favorite hat that I've ever put on was founding Girls Who Code at UVA with Danielle last year, starting in our living room. Hey, I'm Danielle, a CS major in the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Virginia. I'm also graduating in December 2021 and also currently a coach at Major League Hacking. I founded Girls Who Code with Mara in February 2020, and this summer I'll be interning at Willow Tree in Charlottesville, and I have two dwarf hamsters named Burger and Fries, and they're super cute and I love them. I've seen some of that hamster content in the Discord. It is so amazing. It's so good to have you all here today. So we're going to start by asking you all some questions. So how did you find out about Girls Who Code or how did you all get into coding? Yeah, I first got into coding, I think, in middle school Tumblr phase. You know, you decorate your own blog, copy and pasting, HTML and CSS. But I don't think I realized how male dominated the space was until I got to college. And I, you know, looked to my left, looked to my right, just a lot of men even in like the introductory classes so the summer after my first year i ended up working for two um, gender diverse gender focused organizations like code with classy and black girls code where i learned more about the environment uh, what it was like to you know really work towards gender diversity in stem and i loved the environment it was inclusive it was candid and it was super supportive because i feel like a lot of people in that community recognized how much imposters syndrome does hit. After that summer, I actually studied abroad in China. And while I was in China, I found that there just wasn't a lot of coding opportunities, especially for young females. And that was definitely how I felt when I came back to UVA. So when I came back to UVA that spring, I knew that I wanted to recreate that supportive, candid community. And so I looked into more organizations, more things that I can do to get started. And I found Girls Who Code. Um, I didn't even have coding on my radar until I was a first year and second semester in college, so very late. But I grew up with this pressure of like never being good enough to code. Like I played a lot of Minecraft with my friends in like high school, middle school. And my male friends would always like have servers set up and they would like have be modding their games and things like that. And then I would always try to do it and fail because watching coding tutorials was really hard to understand and I didn't have that base foundation of knowledge. So I used to tell people a lot, oh yeah, I'm really bad with computers because I don't understand any of that stuff. But it's always like this something that I've had this itch to do. I was always like, I really want to make a mod. I really want to do something like that. So when I got to college, I came in as a biology major. Like I was like, I, I don't really like any of the other core subjects in high school. And then I remember first year when I had to pick whatever courses I wanted, I just, I got that itch again where I really, really, really 
wanted to try to code. So I decided to do the intro computer science class. I fell in love with it. I'm like, hey, with formal instruction, I'm actually pretty good at this stuff. So yeah, I decided then and there that I was going to switch majors, drop that biology course, the best thing I've ever done in my life. I don't know why I would want to take that. I didn't even take biology in high school. That's what my parents had to do, so I did it. But anyway, I met Mara. We formed our coding duo and became the coding dream power team. I'm so glad that you all became that power team. It's just so great to see what you all have done here so far. Yeah, I totally agree. You guys are great. So uh, what made you want to start Girls Who Code at UVA? So Girls Who Code is an organization focused on cultivating the interests of programming and young women. Here at UVA, we actually rank six in the country for the most women getting a bachelor degree in computer science, and only 29.5% of our program is actually female. This beats the natural average of 18% of the program being female. Currently, only 24% of programmers in the industry are female as well. Programming is a valuable skill to learn regardless of whether or not you're pursuing a computer science degree and knowing how to code can boost your earning potential and open doors to new opportunities. Girls Who Code wants to teach young women new skills or build on top of those old ones to create a change. Oh, that's so amazing. And it's so important to encourage women to join STEM fields. So I'm so glad that you all brought Girls Who Code TVA. Yeah, I totally agree. I just wanted to ask what the process was like. How did you get Girls Who Code National to sponsor the chapter at UVA? Yeah, so honestly, the whole process with Girls Who Code National, you know, supporting Girls Who Code at UVA, the college loop, it was super easy. All you had to do is sign up on their website. And I've even recommended this to my friend who, at her first year of college, she was able to start this community at her own university. Once you sign up, it is up to you with the support of Girls Who Code National to really shape the chapter into a supportive sisterhood that you know reflects their values. So at UVA, I looked for a bunch of faculty and staff support. I reached out to everyone I knew, including the Dean of the Engineering School, who actually sent out an email to all the C students and staff. And because of that, we had a group meet that went from six people to 150 overnight. I even had staff members who emailed me and told me about all the different opportunities that are around in Charlottesville and connected me to like Girl Scout Troops, which was one of our first community outreach program. We've also had really great faculty support, such as Nana Bassett, who is one of the few female professors in the CS department who has championed for us since we started. And I'd also love to give a special shout out to Patty Edson from the UVA School of Data Science, who has been literally our number one fan since we started. She found out I was founding this organization, reached out to me on LinkedIn, and offered her support wherever she could, whether that was with our first hackathon, Girls Who Hack, or just general outreach or just networking with people in the School of Data Science. So luckily, it was a pretty easy setup and everyone that I've met at UVA has been crazy supportive. Wow, that sounds like a lot, but I'm really glad it all worked out and that you have so many supporters. Yeah, no, that's such a wonderful path. Like, I'm so glad. I remember the group chat coming out and I remember joining it when it came out. (laughs) 
What were your goals for the organization and did you achieve them? Yeah, so we had many goals. Building off of what Mara said before, one of our main goals was to build community connections such as us working with Girl Scouts or the School of Data Science. Like we just wanted to get Girls Who Code involved, not just internally, but externally as well. Another thing we wanted to do was eliminate the barrier of entry to project building by providing resources for students to build projects, for example, uh, Girls Who Code has provided me with an Adobe Cloud subscription to be able to edit videos, which is cool. And we've also given out hardware to several members so that they can work on their own hardware project. Our main goal overall, I would say, is to just give the future execs the resources they need to make a sustainable club in the future. Because we want to be able to come back and see it that Girls Who Code has affected many women and given them the confidence that they needed to succeed in a coding industry. I totally agree that you all achieve that goal and beyond. I have loved having the opportunity to read the books that you all have given us and try projects that I wouldn't have otherwise. Absolutely. What was it like transitioning from in-person to online for Girls Who Code? What were some of the benefits and challenges that came along with this transition? You know, I'm not gonna lie. I think like many people, the pandemic hit us out of nowhere. I remember Danielle and I, we were roommates uh, when we first started. We spent hours in our living room planning for what the rest of the semester was going to look like. And this involved a lot of community building, a lot of socials. And we had different ideas like board games nights, picnics, hiking together, things that do involve you to be in person. And we actually had um, two in-person meetings. We had our interest meeting and we had one s'mores night, a social before spring break. And after spring break, as I feel like a lot of college students remember, we got sent home. And so like many clubs, it was obviously hard for us to establish that personal connection online. It definitely meant that we did have to work harder, but we made sure to compensate that as much as possible by having frequent social activities, by having opportunities for people to get to know each other one-on-one. -on -one. But I do think that there was a benefit. Normally when you have organizations, you have to go to in-person events and sometimes that timing can overlap with work or school. But the really cool thing about going virtual is that now we can have interactions just on our Discord server and it's inspired us to move our platform so it can be asynchronous. Yes, it's great if you can come to a synchronous event, but you don't have to and you are just as much a part of the community. I definitely can't imagine restructuring the whole club and transferring everything online only after being in person for two events. But I do know that Girls Who Code Online has been a lot of fun. So I'm very excited to see what's to come when we're all back in person, hopefully next semester. Yeah, for sure. So what do you hope for the future of Girls Who Code at UVA? I think for me, um, I grew up eating a lot of Costco samples. So to say that I am a fan of free stuff is no lie. And honestly, I do want our members to have free things. I want to apply for grants and give technology and hardware and software away, you know, somewhat willy-nilly because one of our goals that Danielle mentioned earlier was eliminating that barrier of entry. And free stuff comes along with it because like Lily mentioned earlier, without these free books, would you have read those books? Without the workshops, the free software, the free hardware, would you have attempted those projects? And honestly, I just 
want to, you know, keep a member first mentality where I remember whenever we got opportunities, we never advertised them first to the executive board. Yes, we planned, but we always made sure that whatever opportunities that were given to the executive board, that the general members had as well. And I want to keep that for the future. Yeah, and what I'm looking forward to the most in the future is just the strong membership that comes from Girls Who Code. Like our goal here is to empower women. And I wanna see many more generations of empowered women from here onwards. I see that our current exec board that just took over after us is doing a great job already. And I'm really proud to see like all the past membership rise up and become the new exec board. And that'll just keep happening and continue building the club. And it will create a great alumni system of women empowering women. Those definitely sound like where we want to take GWC in the future. And as current exec members, Lillian and I will definitely work hard to make GWC the best it can be. For sure. So what are some of your favorite memories from being founders or presidents and VP of Girls Who Code at UVA? I think any opportunity to just kind of meet people from, I guess, more of a selfish point of view. I really did love the hours that I spent with Danielle, just kind of planning it out. It had me excited for the organization. Even before we had our members, I was just excited for what could be. Um, but about like the whole organization in general, I think one of my favorite events was our only in-person social event where it was a s'mores night. We had just started the organization and we just had a couple, probably about, I think, 20, 30 girls come to a bonfire where all we did was eat s'mores and talk. And it was less about coding and more just about building that community, which I feel that I haven't had the chance to do at UVA. So some of my favorite memories was staying after of the exec meetings to get to know our exec better. I feel like one thing that we did very well was create a strong connection with our exec because creating that strong connection is what allowed us to be comfortable in sharing our ideas and building the organization further. And another amazing memory was Girls Who Hack, our hackathon that we host every year in the fall. That was a great memory because it was my first time running a hackathon and it was what got me involved with Major League Hacking and further on and what really pushed me into the hackathon community. Because of Girls Who Hack, I was able to get in contact with another MLH coach, which is what allowed me and Mara to get more involved in Major League Hacking because that gave us our first connection with one of the coaches themselves and just overall it was great to see so many women working on projects together and just empowering each other and creating something that they really cared about yeah both of those events were so amazing um you all had such cool workshops for us for girls who hack and mara i remember that both actually you and danielle picked tiffany and i up for this morris night it was so much fun that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm excited to see again what it is going to be like in the fall. Do you guys have any plans after graduation or future career goals? Yeah, so I don't quite know what I'll be doing after graduation, but I know this summer and fall I'll be interning to explore different careers. I'm definitely going to go into coding. Um, possibly as a software engineer and one thing that I know I'm definitely doing is I love Virginia with all my heart I'm born and raised here but I am super excited to move to the west coast whether that be somewhere in Seattle or California or you know the only place in between which is Oregon um, I'll take it there too but as for like career goals I know what I really want to do is 
I want to work in industry for a little bit, you know, to get hands-on experience because I feel like that's really important. But at the end of the day, I want to be an educator. I don't know if I want to be a high school teacher, a college professor, just do nonprofit work. But I know what I want to do is just about taking what I've learned in CS. I still have a lot more to go, but being able to empower the next generation to feel more confident in who they are. So that way we can go into this world of technology, this era of technology, ethically and confidently. My plan is to take a break for a summer, go to the Philippines, see Thailand where my parents got married in Egypt where my parents met and just see everything before I finally settle down. Um, ideally, I would like to work abroad somewhere. I don't know how that plan would work out. Um, maybe some cybersecurity with the government, maybe like working in some company that's not in the US, but yeah, I'm not exactly sure what field I want to work in, but the future holds me outside of the U.S. Those both sound like such amazing plans and I know you two can accomplish anything you want so I'm really excited for what's to come in your future. Yeah that sounds so exciting and I'm excited for both of you. So for our last question do you all have any life hacks or advice to your younger self or any other coders listening? My advice to my younger self and all other coders listening would be to really explore college and figure out exactly what you want to do. I didn't think that computer science was an option and I honestly wouldn't even have known it was a major because all I see in high school are like English, biology, chemistry, like all the core subjects. There are other subjects out there and really figure out whatever you want to do. And also that it's not too late to start. I started a semester into college and I've known people that have started on their second and third year of college. Yeah, for me, I honestly love that idea of starting early. And I know what stopped me from starting early was my lack of confidence. I actually joined ROTC for two weeks when I first got to college because I was like, what if I can't code? I could just join the military. They'll give me a job. Um, luckily, I found out that that was not the path for me. I think my number one thing is just, you know, we're going to have, I feel like, imposter syndrome for a lot of our life. And I know people who have been working for years in industry who still feel like an imposter. And I just want to say it's okay to not know everything, especially in CS. It's a fast and moving field and you're never going to know everything. But what you can do is improve your skill on how to learn. Are you able to pick things up? Do you feel confident enough to ask questions? Because I feel like a lot of times, especially in a competitive university like the University of Virginia, there's often this competition culture where you're trying to be better than someone else. But the truth is, there's always gonna be someone who's better than you. And you're gonna be better than someone at something else. But if you're constantly trying to beat people, you won't be able to see where you can help each other. And that's where our strengths come out to play. Yeah, thank you. That's really good advice. And it's really valuable to hear about what you've learned from your experiences. It's great that we were able to talk to you, Mara and Danielle, today. Thank you both so much for being here. It's been awesome chatting with you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Before you guys go, do you mind letting us know how our listeners can get in contact with you? Yeah, I'm happy to connect with anyone on LinkedIn. You can find me at linkedin.com slash I-N slash Mara Lee Hart. That's spelled M-A-R-A. L-I-H-A-R-T or you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Mara Drinks Milk. 
And you can find me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash IN slash Danielle Zevitz, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-Z-E-V-I-T-Z. Thank you both so much. And now for some Girls Who Code at UVA updates. We'll have an end of year social next Sunday, May 16th at 7 p.m. So look out for more information on the Discord. And that'll actually be our last Girls Who Code event of the semester. To summarize today's episode on Girls Who Code, the podcast, we talked to our amazing founders and learned so much about the beginnings of Girls Who Code at UVA. Thanks so much for listening today, everyone. And this is actually the last episode of the semester, but tune in again in the fall. Good luck with finals and have an awesome summer. Bye, Bye coders. coders.